last time on Day Players. The Gryon, a secret society established to maintain the boundaries between worlds, choose worthy teens with attitude as champions imbued with the spirits of ancient warriors. Morning bell rings at Jote, private school of superior excellence. Hi everybody, I play Cassandra Stone, a 17-year-old who is on the swim team. Today I'm going to be playing Kiva Jolte, normal human student, class representative. Hi everybody, I'm going to be playing Brittany Hawthorne, runs the yearbook. An image dirty cloaked figures sitting at a worn circular table. Star Slayers, a portal has opened. A threat from another world has come into your humble town. You must seal them back from whence they came. Star Slayers, shine on. And stick together. What is our relationship with these people? These thousand-year-old heroes just taking over our bodies? I thoughts for my current math teacher, Mr. Fisher. Cassie, um, would you mind if I talk to you for a minute? I was gonna tell you that I'm on the Gryon Council. Alright everyone, the big uh, school dance is coming up, so make sure if you're gonna ask someone out, you do that. Kayla is my frenemy. I'm just like, still really confused and I don't really understand why he dumped me. Us girls gotta stick together! You know, you know, I'm here for you. After a heartfelt reunion and a big growth moment for Kiba, we jump forward once again. It's Thursday evening, and we see Samson helping Kiba get ready for the big dance. Doing all the things that you need to do to help a young gentleman get ready. He's helping him pick out a nice tie. He's helping him get the right cufflinks, because this is kind of bougie. Kiba's going to be there as the student president. He's sort of there in a, almost like as a political appearance. He's... Well, he wasn't planning on asking anyone to the dance. He just has to be there. But he still wants to have a good time. He's got nice, classy, feathered cufflinks to fit in the theme. He's got a, uh, a pleasing dark green tie and a neon green pocket square in the left pocket, lovingly picked out by Samson. And you see them talking back and forth. Keep us much more relaxed. He seems like he's really talking with Samson and enjoying their time together. We hear one interaction between them. Okay. Samson says, Well, it is a shame, Master Kiba, that you didn't actually find time to ask somebody to go to the dance with you. I didn't get to ask anyone. It is too bad. But uh, I think there's probably going to be someone there that I'll want to spend time with anyway. And then we cut forward in the day. And now we're at school. And Brittany is in the journalism room during the school day. So we see Brittany and all of her classmates and everybody involved with the journalism, the newspaper, the yearbook, everything, sort of just like in a frenzy. There's people running around and everybody's getting everything ready to cover the dance. And there's cameras kind of strewn about. Stray batteries are rolling off the desk. Thick D batteries. There's papers. The only 90s batteries. There's papers and things just kind of flying around, and Brittany is frantically scrambling to get things organized and get ready for the big day. And then we shift once more, later into the day, after this final school bell has rung, to Cassandra, just waltzing down the hallway after the final bell has rung. Cassandra wanders into uh, Mr. Fisher's classroom with more confidence than she had the other day. Mr. Fisher, uh, Finger guns and snaps at him. Still planning on going to the dance tonight? And then she just turns around and walks away. And now the sun sets. 
and the stars come out into the sky. It is the evening of Friday, and it is the day of the Feather Ball. And the Feather Ball is taking place at the top of, I think I did say it was the Jote like, business the building, building. The Jote building. <laughs> Jote Plaza. <laughs> Jote Plaza. And it is the top floor, the observation deck, with a 360-degree glass floor-to-ceiling window. So you're still inside, but you can just gaze out onto the city, and on top of that, a large glass dome so that you can dance under the stars. All of the different decorations are up. They're all feather-themed. They're all wings. F- take flight. That's that'll be the that'll be the the motto or like the, yeah. the catchphrase for, for the, the dance. Yeah, take flight. Take flight because it's as we said, it's the equivalent of the homecoming new class dance. A large, colorful dance floor covers the middle, all bright and colorful with all the different lights flashing, with a small stage off to one side. And to the side of that, a DJ platform has been set up. The DJ pulls out her huge binder of CD mixtapes, slaps it onto the table. For those of our younger audiences, you see people used to buy these large foam and plastic like binders with CD slots in all of them because you have like 100 CDs. And CDs, <laughs> and, they're, are... and they're all burned. <laughs> so, and as the the DJ flips through pages, trying to pick exactly what the hippest and hoppinest jams are for the evening, which volume of jock jams will I choose? We pan over to a large spread. This is a fancy private school, of course. So they have the biggest punch bowl, the biggest. What? Shrimp tower? Chocolate fountain. Chocolate fountain. Yeah. An ice sculpture of a giant clam. Ah, nice. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's got to be a huge, like, shellfish spread. Oh, yeah. Oh, All the God. shellfish, of course. Pearls. Pearls. Oh, and, yeah. A pearl nice. theme. And then we pan over to Brittany, who has arrived early, being the photographer for the evening. She is in a strapless high-low, which means... Yeah, what does that mean? It means short in the front, long in the back, but mm. it's a train in the back by like two feet behind her. I know what you're doing. Complete peacock dress. She has lime and neon green bangles and a feather boa sort of headband style headdress on and a neon green necklace. A slap with- bracelet around her neck. With long feather earrings. She has a camera around her neck, and her black hair is sort of wildly done up with the feather boa on her head. She is setting up lights and looking around and just chatting with Kayla, and um, it's all just journalism people there who are sort of flitting around and getting things set up all, of course, dressed to the nines and beautiful. Kayla is in hot pink feathers, very short dress. However, despite most of the student body not being there, Mr. Fisher walks up to Brittany as he is a chaperone for the dance. He's wearing, give me some fashion. Pinstripe. James Bond style lapel dinner jacket. 
Is it salmon colored? <gasps> it's kind of his thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's his thing. What about a salmon colored velvet jacket? He's Mr. Fisher. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. So wow, you're saying in awesome. another episode, he would turn into a fish monster and be a yep, villain for a while? Absolutely. I thought that was going to happen. Oh, hey, Brittany. Uh, nice to see you here. Cool dress. Hey, Mr. Fisher. What's up? Thanks a lot. You look nice, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, you know, just checking in, chaperone. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done one of these yet, so I don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do other than throw the drunk kids out. That's all <laughs> I've seen in movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, I guess separate people who are getting a little hot and heavy, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I know. Up here, heat stroke's a big deal. Totally. So, uh, totally. Well, um, I'm actually about to set up this curtain for the photo booth. Would you give me a hand? Oh, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, speaking of setup, um, the council has some news. Oh, okay. Yeah, lay it on me. Yeah, uh, we weren't sure if uh, the others and you were going to be able to contact us tonight. So they sent me in just to give you the message directly. Dang, uh, sounds important. What's the message? Uh, after consulting the texts and doing a little research and investigation on the past couple portals, um, there is a little bit of a pattern. Okay. It might be connected to high emotional situations. You mean like hormones? Well, it turns out that Mrs. Clickpen was having some crazy, steamy romance, and it kind of ended badly. And it turns out all of that negative emotion, her being close to the library, uh, she kind of became a target. Um, kind of in the same way you kids were picked to be chosen ones. Brittany, in her head, rolls her eyes so hard and sighs that Kayla was right. And. Hormones, yes, but uh, it turns out there's just kind of a psychic energy element to it. Well, you know how well the um, swim team's been doing this year? Yeah. Well, it turns out that all of that just competitive energy uh, circling around the pool, um, and then we had that pep rally, and everyone was really focused mentally, and that was just enough for another invasion to happen. Oh, man. So, do you think there's going to be any problems, like, tonight? No, tonight, we should be fine. This is a big, this is a big positive moment for everybody. No hard feelings. This is just kids having fun. What kind of monster would take advantage of that kind of situation? Nothing could be that cruel. Well, if you say so, thanks for the update. Yeah, of course, Brittany. I'll leave you to your work and, uh... Star Slayers, stick together. Happy to, happy to be on the team. I'll see you around. <laughs> stick together. Thanks for the curtain help. Probably the next person to show up is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to check things out. Okay. Make sure everything's on the up and up. And yeah. I can be awkwardly just sort of like waiting by the drink fountain or something. Yeah. You have like, it's like you're in the nice dress with the camera around your neck and you just have like the punch. And I'm just kind of like, <sighs> yes, I'll just wait like, for everyone to get here. Exactly. Yeah. And like light elevator music is playing and you're just kind of like, yeah. Actually, Swing. that's exactly what has where we're at. You're standing over there and you're just bored because nobody else is there. Setup's basically done. But you see Kiba stride in before, before the actual start time. 
And he's in his, his stylish uh, tailored suit. Black suit, dark purple. He goes with the peacock. Neon green tie. Exactly. All right. Exactly. And I've swapped out my normal glasses for shades of the exact same shape because wearing shades at night is cool. Especially in the 90s. Fresh, Especially in the 90s. Freshly frosted tips. Freshly frosted tips. Slick back, though, you know, so it's cool. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, classy. Got the feather cufflinks. And I'll uh, just kind of stroll up to Brittany. Uh, hey, Brittany. How's it going? Hey, Cuba. You know, just waiting for everybody to get here. You want some punch? Uh, yeah, sure. That'd be good, I guess. This is, uh, I'll be honest. I've never really gone to one of these dances to enjoy it before. But I thought tonight maybe I just kind of relaxed a little bit. So, is punch, is that is that the thing to do? It's the thing to do. Awesome. Then I'm gonna do th- that. Punch me. But not like that. I'm just gonna drink some. Okay, here I go. <laughs> so good. Great. <laughs> It's perfect. It's good. It's perfect. Kiba pours himself some punch and sips it. I was uh, pretty crazy the, the other day. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it back here. Well, I'm really glad you're back. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, wouldn't want to miss the dance, right? Looking out over the empty dance floor. Yeah, you know, or like what you can affect in the in the real world as a human. Yeah. I guess I can't just be a big demon warrior all the time. I like your suit. Yeah, thank you. Samson helped me pick it out. Nice. Looks good. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I like your situation, too. It's really, really cool. Really cool. <laughs> Thanks. I uh, actually made it. Damn, you made that? Yeah, I, uh, you know, have a lot of free time at home. So, just sort of threw it together over the last week. I guess I've gotten tailored clothing before, but I never thought of that as something you could just do. Is it? Is that? Is that hard? Oh, it's nothing. Just takes a little practice. Oh, could you show me how? Oh, you, 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 you would want to learn how to make your own clothes from me? It really is cool, and I've never made anything with my hands before. I'm kind of. Exploring some other stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a date. I mean, a hang. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, sick hang. Oh, it's gonna be dope. Cool. So rad, just, just hanging out. Uh. Suddenly, hand on Kiba's shoulder. Oh, hey, bro. What's up, man? You look great. Aw, oh, Spunt. What's up, man? You're looking pretty good, too. I haven't seen you for a couple days. You turn around, and Spunt is wearing a... Not everyone has big fancy stuff. But it's Spunt's wearing a tux, but you do notice that his pants are very tight. Spunt, those, uh, your calves are kind of bursting out a little bit there. What's going on? Uh, yeah, man, my thighs too, you know? Like, you know, after I went on that hike you told me to go on, like, a lot of the, a lot of the rest of the game, they couldn't keep up, man. But I don't know, I just have this drive that I've never had before. Spunt, that was like three days ago. Whew. feels like it, man. I was out there. It's the wilderness. Nah, man, it doesn't feel like it. It was. Is that why you haven't been at school? Yeah, but look at this. And he like, Ugh. oh my god. Dang, Spunt. Yeah, this this rental barely even fits me anymore. I am impressed. 
Where's the rest of the student council's... Oh, is it is it the student council body? Oh, you're right. I guess it would have been the student council. Wait, are you... So where's the rest of the student council? Oh, the rest of the council? Ah, oh, nah, man, they couldn't keep up. Well, damn, man, with with calves like those, I'm not surprised. Spun, I'm impressed. I feel like we haven't really hung out one-on-one, you and me, for a while. Yeah, I mean, not since we were, like, kids, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Man, you caught up on V-Fighters? Oh, V-Fighters? Man, we haven't talked about V-Fighters in a long time. Yeah, I guess I'm a little behind. Oh, man. Well, let me tell you about the preseason finale. And then we walk off and check. Sure. Kiva and Spunt, they walk off, leaving Brittany to keep drinking some punch by herself. And slowly, as the night goes on, more students trickle in. It is finally past the ticket start time that is printed for everyone. The early crowd has come. The people that are regularly on time have come. And let's say it's like like 9.30. We're kind of getting into it. Music's been going. People have had a few cups of punch. But things are in full swing. And Cassandra arrives. Cassandra walks in, fashionably late, clearly wearing the wrong style of clothes. What do you mean? She wore her mom's dress because her mom took the evening off. Cassandra is wearing a powder blue flared leg jumpsuit. Oh! Yes! Her hair, even bigger than it normally is, cascading down. She has gloves that run up to her oh elbows, just yes. covered. They've got little wings, little feathery wings that extend off the sides of them. She looks a lot like a parrot. She <laughs> <laughs> is rocking it. Cassandra eyes the crowd, knowing she can at least blend in with the number of students that are already there, and slowly edges her way over to Mr. Fisher. Mm-hmm. Before you get there, Gonza pops up. Oh, yes! Oh, Cassandra! Hey! Wow, you, you sure look swell in that dress. Thanks! Actually, it's a jumpsuit. It's my mom's from when she was my age. Oh, well, you're swell anyway. Even with the pants. Thanks, Gonzo. You look really nice today, too. Oh, oh thanks. And he's wearing his dad's tux, and it is too big. It is wearing him. It is wearing him. Uh, sorry about um, our plans to watch V-Fighters. I, I don't know where the tape went. That's okay. You can just fill me in before the next episode. They do air weekly. Uh, I guess you're right. Um, okay. Uh, uh. And before he gets his question out, insert classic 90s song reference. This is my favorite song. We should dance. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go. As you pull Gonzo onto the dance floor, the music pauses just for a second once you get into position. And there's a quick announcement from the DJ. Can I be the DJ? That's probably going to be the only thing they say, so sure, you get a little bonus credit. I want you to say... Hey, everybody. Just a reminder to get your ballots in for King and the Queen of the Ball tonight. Here's some sick jams. And then your favorite song returns to the loudspeakers and you dance with Gonzo. He is horrible, but you pull him through. Because I'm nice. Yeah. Neutral good. Neutral good. We cut across the dance floor to Brittany, doing a good job taking photos of the dance. 
What are you taking a photo of right now? I am taking some wide shots of the whole floor and sort of just capturing the mood. Okay. Getting the lights and the, the spins and everything. Everybody's having a great time. Okay. Through the viewfinder of your camera, you see your friend and technically superior Kayla in her hot pink uh, waving over in your direction. I take the camera down from my face and sort of squint across and give a nice wave. And she starts walking over to you. But the closer she gets, you see that her gaze is actually not towards you, but slightly behind you. And before you know it, stepping up right next to you is Chad. (gasps) Chad's wearing... A matching hot pink suit. Gross. A matching hot pink suit. He looks just like Mr. Fisher. (laughs) What a twist. But a different shade. Just a slightly different shade. Wait, was Mr. Fisher wearing pink? Salmon. Oh, that's right. Wow. Can we get that in the recording? Yes. Oh, that's on. Um, Chad turns, sees you right next to him, and recoils flustered. Oh, oh, Brittany. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, And then Kayla walks up. Like, oh, hey, Brittany. Uh, I, sorry, um, I was looking at Chad, actually. Oh, uh, you don't need to be sorry. Um, you guys come together? They look down at their matching pink. Oh, no, no, not really. Oh, yeah, um, I guess this maybe is a coincidence. Uh. Oh, well, you know, like... If you guys did come together, like, you you could you could tell me and, like, you know, I'd, I'd be okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, of course, I would be honest with you, Brittany. Uh... Kiba sidles up and says, Man, Brittany, what are you still doing hanging out with these losers? You should come drink some punch. I hear that's the thing to do with these dances. Thanks, Kiba. Yeah, well, uh, catch you later. Oh, yeah. Uh, bye, Brittany. Uh, yeah. See you later. Deuces, nerds. <laughs> and Brittany and Kiba walk off. Your trailing peacock feathers whip behind you as you walk off. The night goes on, and everything is pretty great. Everything is very enjoyable. It's fun. There's very minimal drama. Cassandra and Gonzo, you get to have a a few fun dances. You even let Gonzo kind of hold your hands a little bit. Kiba and Brittany, you two are able to dance. You get to have fun together, openly. And people are so busy this time that they don't even bat an eye at the two of you being together. But you're not like together. I mean, we wouldn't say that. Oh, one one more small scene between you two on the dance floor, Kiba and Brittany. Alexandro comes up to Kiva and Brittany dancing on the dance floor. What was his voice like? Oh, you? hey guys, it's me, Alexandro. Oh, hey guys. I think Tommy was Alexandro. Yeah, he was. Well, now I'm going to be Take Alexandro. Charge. Oh, hey, Brittany. Uh, hey, Kiva. Do you mind, you two, you just, your colors complement each other really well. Do you mind if I get a photo of you two dancing? Hey, Alexandro. Uh, Kiva? You, sh- you know what, man? Yeah, go for it. We're looking pretty good. Oh, yeah, here we go. Make sure you two don't forget to vote for the king and queen of the featherball. I mean, I don't want to... 
I don't want to spoil anything, but I've been hearing some pretty good things about me. Oh, yeah, Alexandra, I bet you got it on lock. Oh, yeah, I've taken almost everyone's photo. It's a very appreciative class we have, so I have a feeling that uh, things are going to be coming my way soon. Yeah, I see you've got about eight disposable cameras in your uh, dress cargo shorts there. Yes, exactly. I always come prepared. So functional. All right, well, and he keeps he keeps winding another camera. <laughs> oh my god, can you please find that that sound? Oh yeah, I can so find it. So specifically iconic. I bet I can it's find great. it. It's great. He, he keeps winding and he walks off. You two have fun. Thanks, Alexandro. Yeah, Brittany. I mean, who are you gonna vote for? I, I like I said, it's kind of my first time really participating. I don't know who I'm gonna vote for. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really put much thought into it. I mean, did you see that? Chad and Kayla were maybe together. Maybe I should just, maybe I should just vote for them. Oh, are they together? I couldn't tell. Their outfits really don't complement each other. <laughs> nah, forget those losers. You know what? We should vote for each other. Wouldn't it be great if we won? You think? Yeah, I think. You know what? We've been doing a lot of good stuff for these students in this town, and nobody knows it. We can give each other a little push. We are a good team. That is right. The night goes on, and we arrive at the moment of truth. Mr. Fisher walks on to the small assembled stage, and he motions for the DJ to lower the music. The gentle jock jams <laughs> fade into the night. He has, he's got the microphone in one hand, got the rest of the cable in the other, and pulling it across stage so that he has enough room up there in his salmon, salmon-colored suit. All right. Hey, all right, everybody. How's it going? We're, do- we're having a great night, aren't we? Woo! Yeah. Go clams. Go Mr. Fisher. Pissy. Yeah, bro. Hey, hey, hey. We're not supposed to say that anymore. Jipissy. Who's out there? Splunk? Okay. Well. Love you, wait. Mr. Fisher. <laughs> Thanks. I have right here, and he has, he has the little ballot box. I really have a good feeling about this year, everybody. I think that all of you new students and returning students, and even students that won't be with us much longer, going on to bigger and better things, I just think the future is bright, shining like a bright star in the sky. To, to put a nice cap on this evening, I am here to crown the king and queen of the feather ball. Woo! And help me announce the king and queen of the ball, your VP, Jackson. Everyone give it up for Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And he comes out yeah, and he Jackson. holds the envelope up and he takes the mic because he's got to say something. Hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> Here in my hand, I have the announcement for the motherfucking king and the motherfucking queen of this motherfucking ball. Let's bring out those crowns. And then onto a small pedestal that was placed onto the stage earlier. Bobby from the student council comes up as Jackson has whipped everyone into a frenzy. She puts each crown onto two plush purple and green pillows matching the school colors. One crown for the king and one crown for the queen. While the crowd is still a frenzy and hooting and hollering, Jackson 
opens up the envelope, pulls out the piece of paper. Your king and queen of the ball are... And then a rumble. The whole building shakes. A hush falls over the wild student body. Mr. Fisher looks up around at the glass and then looks out to spot each of you in the crowd. He casts a knowing glance at all of you. And then another rumble. And he grabs the mic from Jackson. It's a double event! And then, boof, both crowns shoot into the air. One of the crowns begins to hum, and the hum gets louder and louder, but maintains its pitch. The other crown begins to hum just slightly off of the same tone. This incredibly dissonant whir begins to vibrate the surrounding glass and the observation deck circle of windows shatters. And then a whirlpool sucks all of the glass fragments into the stage. Jackson, Bobby, and Mr. Fisher dive off into the crowd to avoid the storm of glass clouds swirling around them. Form floating above the stage are two glass birds. Massive glass birds, each of them wearing one of the king and queen crowns. With all of the glass shattered from the dome of the observation deck and the windows, the metal framework has now formed a sky cage in which these two giant glass birds perch. They turn to each other, they they click their heads kind of back and forth, and they kind of do that cute bird thing where their beaks kind of touch a little bit. And after their formal greeting to each other, their tender formal greeting, the queen extends her shimmering wings out. Witness us, patrons of this dance. We are your new king and queen. We are the lovebirds. And now you are graced with the presence of our song. The two massive birds start to vibrate and their frequencies getting faster and faster. Everyone around you starts to fall to their knees, clutching their ears, but you three are unaffected. From the ground on the front of the stage, Mr. Fisher pops up, barely supporting himself on the glass. The secret's out, do it. What do Star Slayers do? Stick, Stick together! together! And then we transform. Stand You three go through your transformation sequences in the blink of an eye. You each unsheath your signature weapons, get into your battle stance, and roll for initiative. All right. Yes. I got a nat 20. 22. Eight. So it's just so it's going to be same. the order that it always Fucking is. Fucking order. The two birds are still perched on top of the cage above of the metal rafters. And we start with Fang. False royalty, you will face the flame of honor. I'll aim with the king first. I get advantage against creatures that have not acted this first turn on my arrow attack. And that's a 23 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. That's a pretty high number. Perfect. And as a bonus action, I'm also activating the hunter's ire. Fang's eyes glow with golden light. and He is focused on the king specifically. The king is now the target of my iron. We'll take an extra 1d6 for one attack. 
That is 19 damage total against this foe. Your arrows fly in and shatter some of the fragments of glass that are constructing these constructs, and the diamond dust falls to the ground. Perfect. I aim my bow at the queen next, and another attack against this foe who has not acted. 11 to hit. (laughs) 11 is a little too low. She's a swift one. That's the only reason I missed. That's it for Fang. Moving on. Kayo. How far away are the birds from me? Since I said that they're on top of the cage, they're pretty high up. They're like 20 feet away. Straight up. Kayo gets into place directly beneath the birds. And I aim for... She aims for... They? She? I don't know. Kayo aims for the, the queen bird and casts Ray of Frost. 16. 16? That's a little low. These birds are very lithe and very difficult to hit. They're also all reflective and shit, so it's mm. like blinding to look at them. Where are they? Where could they be? Blast! And moving on, Neheba. Neheba is going to go into a, a beast mode rage using claw, so her eyes glow, and she's going to use her bestial soul to climb up the birdcage scaffolding to attack the queen with her claw and claw, and then she's going to twist grab the great axe with her tail for an extra attack on the king and then land on the ground. All right, let's do them in order. First is the claw. Oh, nat one. Nat one, that's a critical miss. You almost let go of the scaffolding. Make a dexterity save to grab on it. Oh no. Okay, come on. 15 plus one is 16. 16 will be enough. You are able to hang on. Instead of falling to potentially a decent amount of damage by being 20 feet up, you use the the slip to your advantage, hook on, and then bring the other claw up and just continue the attack from below. Roll the next claw. Okay. Come on. A three. Oh, wait, are these... It doesn't even matter because it's I mean, 10. It is plus seven to be it's 10, 10, but it's still it only matter. 10. These birds are just so... Come on! They're fast. Great axe, go! All right, grab it with your tail. Here we go, come on! Oh my god! Whoa. 11. And that one is also going to be a miss, I'm sorry. Very cool, very cool turn, though. I mean, honestly, very cool. Now, Hemel, that was very cool. I'm sorry, it did not work. They are too quick. After this barrage of attacks... The king and queen whoosh, unfurl all four of their massive wings. Because two and two, they don't each have four wings. Yes. And they whoosh, whoosh, and they take off from the scaffolding. They are now in the air. The queen flies off into the night sky and does a shuttle loop backwards and comes in for a flyby attack on Neheba, who is still high up. And that one themselves. Yes. Oh. But I don't need to give myself any additional penalties for World War <laughs> And though the queen misses horribly, you know, I mean, I guess she's never been in this world before. So she comes by again to Neheva <gasps> and lands a slash of the sharp glass wing. The small shards of glass that, take, that make up the bodies of these birds are just like a thousand tiny cuts. Ooh. So, one, three total, plus two, five, five, five damage total. 
Oof. All right. You just little cuts. And then the king dives through the cage and tries to slice at each of Kaio and Fang with wings unfurled. It makes one attack on each of you at the same time, trying to cut in between. First to Kyle. Oh my god. Watery defense. Oh, now Turn into water. Okay. Beautiful. And it looks like the king's blade is going to slice right through Kayo. And Kayo casts watery defense, summoning all strength into her trident, points it in the air, and turns into water. Watery <sighs> defense reduces the damage by nine to Kayo. Okay, let's see how much there is. Five again. <laughs> and your your watery form causes the, the giant glass blade to just slip right between you. Cool. But is Fang mm. so lucky? We will see. Uh, yes. Well, what's your AC? 16. 16? Yeah. Okay, and the wing misses you too. I do a sick backflip. It's Great. important for character development. And also Kiba likes them. And after the birds, it's back to Fang. Oh, and I guess yeah. the birds have kind of repositioned. So one of them is... So the queen is flying. It's kind of circling above, trying to scout out Neheba. Having a little a little high-flying fight up there. Yeah. And the king has dive-bombed through the dance floor and is far off but eye-level and is basically in the midst of turning around to come back. This is a foe I have not encountered. I must... No more! And I'm using oh. that Slayer's Knowledge thing. Right, Slayer's I, Knowledge. Okay. I find out the resistance's weaknesses, but more cinematically, I know the best way to hurt them. Kind of to complete my little triangle, the bookworm was more vulnerable to slashing because it was made of paper. Yeah. The gloptopus was more vulnerable to, I'm just going to say piercing, even though, I, even though I didn't really make it work that way because it's like you get through the foam. Yeah, it was the opposite. This one... <laughs> because it's glass, is going to be vulnerable to bludgeoning because mm. it literally just, you slam into the glass and break it. Also, I'll say that they're, in a more elemental way, they're vulnerable to thunder damage, which is like sound damage. Since they are also sound-themed, anything that would kind of break their frequency kind of trips them up. Comrades, it is glass and we must crush it, my instincts tell me. Slashing and hacking is not the way. We must powder this glass. And also, as an, as, as an extra little thing, I'm going to stare at the king and be like, this one has taken more damage, I will whittle him down, and I'm going to pull out all my guns. I'm also going to cast Hunter's Mark on the king. Right, right. So, with a snap, a little flicker of golden flame zips up to the king, and he's now shimmering lightly with that, which means when I hit him, I do even more damage. Even more damage. And that is my turn. With this new knowledge of the bird's weaknesses, we go to Kayo. What do you do? Kaya suddenly realizes she has an advantage in this playing field and spins her trident around, lines up an attack right at the queen, and casts Shatter. Let's read Shatter real quick. A sudden loud ringing noise painfully, in, painfully intense erupts from a point of your choice within range. Each creature in a 10-foot radius sphere centered on that point must make constitution saving throw. A creature takes 3d8 thunder damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. A creature made of inorganic materials such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on this saving throw. What is Kaio's spell save DC? 14. 
Okay, then at disadvantage, a 19 on one die, but only a 10 on the other. Ooh. 13. Yes. 13, all right. Your spell thunders out and knocks off more of the the glass fragments of the giant bird. And now back to Neheba. Okay, so Neheba is still clinging on. Yes, you're still up there. And the queen is out of reach now. She's actually circling above, much like at least like 10 feet away from you. And I'm going to switch my beast mode to tail and my bestial soul to jump. Ooh. That's cool. Now we're talking. And I'm going to power jump to try and hit the queen as hard as I can with my tail. Make an athletics check for the jump with advantage because you're in a rage. Okay. Uh, it's a 13 plus 7 is an unnatural 20. You jump straight up so that you're full on like eye level with the queen. Okay. And then I swing my tail yeah, for well, my first attack. 25. Yes, that is a hit. <laughs> Go ahead and roll damage for the tail. 10. Now do the second attack. Okay. With the tail. With the tail. Oof. That is a 10. By the time you get the second attack around, you're already falling back down to the grating. Okay. Are you trying to catch yourself on the metal beams again, or are you going to go straight down to the, the dance floor, essentially? I want to stay up on the bars, because I'm not getting this bird. Then I'll have to make you make another dexterity save to catch yourself. All right. Oh. That is a non-nat 20. Another. <laughs> When you roll, when you roll a number, you roll it over and over again. I know, right? Those twenty ones. <laughs> I'm gonna sort of swing out, wrap my tail around the scaffolding, and sort of brace for the next move. Nice. <sighs> the king and queen fly about in the open air. They return to the top of the cage. They're like a little bit further away from you, just like a few feet. They're a little further away, and they start to hum once more. They open their glass mouths and the pitch gets louder and their song continues. Their eerie alien melody from another world resonates out. Kayo and Fang, you see around you the motionless bodies of your classmates start to stir. Oh no. They lift themselves up and you see their eyes glazed over. The king pauses only for a moment to flaunt their otherworldly abilities. Ah, uh, yes. Take a look around. Watch as your friends bow to our influence. Go. Take care of these jesters in our court. The fragile human mind-controlled Friends. Friends of yours are now making their way towards you two. And that'll be it for the bird's turn. You play at a court, but you are not fit to be royalty. And you are not fit to rule any manner of subject. And I will cast Darkness as a tiefling centered on the two of them. So they can no longer see where they are directing their puppets. Yeah, they can't see what they're doing anymore. Fine. Perfect. Kayo, you know where to summon the next blast. All right, go ahead, Kayo. Kayo whips around, realizing what they have to do, focusing on the dark orb above, casts Lightning Bolt 
directly out of her trident. Hmm. And guess what? Normally there's a save for this, but they're on top of a giant metal structure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wait, I'm going to go. And you know who else is? Uh-oh. Mehema, who I... Fuck. I totally let you make your own decision about this. God so, damn it. go ahead and roll damage, Kyle. Five. Five, 10, 11, 15, 20, 23, 23 plus 12. 35. Oh, plus 12. 35. Oof, big money. 35 damage to both the king and queen oh. as well as... Now wait, can see. She should be able yeah. to make oh, a save. You know what? I would like to use my danger sense. Oh, perfect. You're right. This Take is a part that you can see. And it's not a danger sense activates. You have advantage on a dexterity save to basically let go and drop away down to the dance floor. Okay. Uh, fourteen. Fourteen is the number to beat. Yes. Because it is Kaya's spell save DC, which was fourteen. The lightning shoots up out of your staff directly into the nest of the metal cage at the top of the skyscraper and it disperses down each leg of the metal cage. We see Neheba, eyes widen as you realize your potential fate, let go and free fall down onto the dance floor as the lightning dissipates across each of the spidery legs of the metal cage. Sparks shoot off at the bottom and fall down to the city streets. Now, Neheba, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna use my breath weapon, poison, but gently. DM. Oh yes, gently. Gently poison everyone in the school. To, to, to incapacitate them so that we can finish off the birds. Sure. Okay. It's nice. 13. I will say that the classmates are being puppeteered by the king and queen birds. The lovebirds, which is my fun name for them. But because they can't see, they all say they would have had to choose to resist the poison, so instead your knockout gas knocks pretty much everybody out. Ah, oh, perfect. And they don't even get a chance to save. A good save. Now how about we must get these civilians out of the way of danger? Yes. Yes. After this devastating blow to the king and queen lovebirds, the DM says that the darkness fades so that everyone can see what their birds are doing. Of course. They are both shattered in various ways. Bits and pieces of them are falling in glitter and glittering beads of bird sweat. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. And as the two are quickly losing their control over their individual forms, they tuck both their wings in, their necks coil together, and they both lay their heads down and you see the glass start to morph and maneuver and slide around into a new form. And the glass wraps around the metal cage. Each of the beams that connect our battle cage to the building snap off. The lovebirds are taking their possession to the next level. They're controlling the entire cage itself. It warps the two birds losing their grip on reality, fuse into one more powerful being, and they emerge as a massive, 
steel skeleton with glittering glass wings, massive rock. The bird, the rock, the mythical beast, oh, a oh, giant oh. beast, kind of like a thunderbird, you know. Yeah. But it's too heavy to fly. It just <laughs> steps on to the the plateau made at the top of the of the Jote building. You three are clearly no match. There's no way we can stand against a foe of this size. We have to stick together. What would the council think of us if we failed now? You're right. The fate of the world is at stake. Who Whish. can? What's this? It's Mushka. 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 Which is a tiny little golden elephant. Just in case you forget, everybody, on with little fairy wings. <laughs> it flies in. A small rainbow cascades over the head of the giant of the giant bird. Hello, I'm Mushka. I'm here. It is fluttering near the three of you. The council sent me! Mushka, I fear you are too late. This foe, there's no way we can stop them. Mushka, advise! I have permission from the council. It is time for your souls to unite. Quick, put your communicator transform watches uh, what are they called? Put yes. them shell, shell phones. Shell phones. Put your shell phones together. Whatever you say, Mushka. Star Slayer souls stick together. And then before you pull your hands back, Mushka puts their trunk on all three of you. Oh. And then you all turn into bright beams of light, stars in the sky, and your souls mold together. You become an immense towering, six-armed, elephant Ganesh-type looking beast. And then, whoosh, gigantic bat wings emerge from the back. Yes. And now we have these two titans. And of course it's wielding a bow and a trident, right? One of its arms. And a tail. And an axe. Yeah, bow, trident, axe. Yeah. It's gotta have all our weapons. Two of the arms hold forth the bow. Two of the other arms load in the trident. The last two load in the great axe. Two arrows are pulled back, and then whoosh, the trident, an arrow, and the great axe. They spiral together in all three of your colors that I don't remember. It's fine. <laughs> it shatters through the glass and the steel, fragmenting the mighty beast, and diamonds fall across the city. With the beast defeated, the double event portal closed, the other world's invading force fended off for another night. Amongst the shattered glass pieces and the torn steel girders, your classmates begin to wake up. Uh, Mushka flies off, hee hee hee, and you three are left standing in your hero Star Slayer forms. Good work, everyone. Another foe vanquished. It's been quite some time since there was such a threat. We must get to the bottom of these invasions. I agree, Neheba. But first, our vessels have worked hard. I think we can give them the rest of the evening. Fang, I think our vessels are in a courtship.
Ha-ha! Well, I will watch their progress eagerly. I guess it helps with teamwork. Well, you know what they say about Star Slayers and teamwork. We always stick together. And with that, your Star Slayer powers dissipate. Poof, poof, poof. You all return to your mild-mannered teen selves. But you're still at the feather ball. The rest of your classmates wake up. You help a few people to their feet. Brittany, you go over, you offer Kayla the hand, and you pull her up with no negative emotion. (laughs) You have realized that old loves can stay in the past. And with that, you're allowed to make new ones. Mm. Kiva, you go over, you check on your boy Spunt. Spunt's doing just fine. He's living the clean life now. He's not throwing bottles anymore. He didn't even spike the punch bowl. Not that there's a punch bowl left. Yep. You bend down, offer Gonzo the hand up. You pull him up and he hugs you. Because even if he doesn't know the full story, he thinks that he can tell that you just saved everybody and you kept him safe, your friend. And Mr. Fisher in the back fixes his glasses, fixes his salmon jacket, gazes at each of you who have expanded your horizons beyond just your chosen potential as the Star Slayers. And he nods and he smiles. I think those kids are gonna be just fine. Roll credits. Yeah. We don't know who's king and queen. Oh. My name is Morgan Vasiliev. I was your dungeon master for today in this anime-themed romp. If you want more Day Player stuff, check us out on Instagram, at Day Players. We got the memes. We got the clips from the show. Just the good clips, I swear. They're all the ones where I talk about piss. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Tommy Yeager. I played Kiba Jote and Fang Bright, The Flame of Honor today. You can find all the music for the show at soundcloud.com slash Music. And also, it's an important time to support the post office and make sure you send lots of letters and gifts. If you'd like to send us any fan mail or gifts or whatever, contact us at dayplayerscast.com at gmail.com. Hi everyone, I've been Hannah Hall. I played Cassandra Stone and Kayo. Um, you can find me on my Instagram at Hannah Jean Coffee Bean. It's just a collection of beer, travel, and normal things. I'm Erin Rowland. I had the pleasure of playing Brittany Hawthorne and Heba the Emerald Death today. And if you want some unbiased, quick news that is easy to comprehend, check out The Skim for a daily email newsletter. It's funny and I read it every day. That's The Skim, T-H-E-S-K-I-M-M. You never told us who the king and queen was. That's the big question, man. Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't actually pick anybody. Morgan! Morgan, come on! My my theory is it was going to be Kayla and Kiva. So awkward. See, I thought they were going to mix them too. Nah, Bobby and Jackson rigged it. Yes! Bobby and Jackson! Oh, they got my vote. Thank you for listening to me relive my childhood. If you want to help me and the rest of the gang live our current lives, behold, merchandise! We have launched our first line of t-shirts for you to pick up and show everyone you know what a great fan you are. Check them out at dayplayerscast.com or the link in the episode description. This episode was produced by Morgan Vasilian, edited by Paxton Farrar, original music by Tommy Ager. Our album art is by Dream Demoiselle. Day Players is Paxton Farrar, Tommy Ager, and me, Morgan Vasiliev. Come back next week for a brand new adventure. 
next time on Day Players. Today, our players are cordially invited to the manse of Burzen Saladrastar on the outskirts of the town of Hosensluts. The manse. <laughs> Hold on. What? Is there a problem? Has something gone wrong already? Lovely. Oh, this promises to be a wonderful party. Now you two behave yourselves, and of course I will do the same. Yes, of course, mistress. I'll do what must be done. Keep you safe. Oh, don't be so dramatic, Pavel. It's just a party. The walls are the bread. Your guts are gonna be the jam. No. That doesn't even make any sense. He doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> You're not on the list. <laughs> Keep your eyes off of her. Please. Friendly basis only. What's up, everybody? Party's arrived. I'm gonna cast Major Armor on you. Thank you, mistress. I forgot to prepare it. Go animate yourself a girlfriend. <laughs> so remind me again, it was rats blood, and more rats. Mm, yes, yes. These are the things that are my thing. Wait, okay, wait, wait. You're a detective who owns an ale house? No, no, no. I just have a home distillery. Oh, it's a homebrew. Yeah, it's my side <laughs> brew, like I said. You see the gates of Elysium open above you, where all rich people go, because even in death they win. I'm sure that we will all be able to relax and have a wonderful time. If you wanted, if we wanted to make it quickly, make it content. It'd be really easy to have like a. Don't you wonder who? Wait, who's going to be the king and queen? Oh yeah, they never announced it. Ah, that doesn't matter. We have everything we need right here. Oh no, it's definitely got to be somebody. What are you crazy, Tommy? Oh, you're gonna choose. Morgan knows. <laughs> yeah, it's a black suit with a purple, dark purple, uh, long sleeve button up underneath. Got the neon, I switched from the emerald, the dark green tie to the neon tie, the neon square sleeve. Are you the Joker? Yeah. I'm the the Joker. I say, why so serious? Dang, you're the Joker and Bruce Wayne? Oh, wait, but it's the 90s, so I have to be the George Clooney one. No, the, well, George Clooney, but you mean... What's his name? Jack Nicholson. Oh, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, that's right. Here's Johnny. Here's (laughs) Joker. God! (laughs) Here's Joker. Damn, the purple... You know what? I'm doing it Don't. anyways. And <laughs> Two hands do it. It's very cute. cute. Right. Tommy and I do it. <laughs> are you birds? Yes. We are. We pretend to be birds sometimes. These are the votes assembled for our king and queen of the feather ball. What? What's so funny? You just said assembled, <laughs> And I'm right? going to count all 200 votes right here in front of you. <laughs> oh, I guess this isn't how that would work. <laughs> no, it's not. It was you. Look at what he does. Look at what he does. Let go. Does? Wait, I have to burp. <laughs> get, get it on mic. <laughs> get a clean taste. Swallow that mic. Gohan's raging muscles. Nice. Oh, it's so goofy and lame. It should be. It's 90s in. Yeah, I guess you're right. Do it. <clears throat> Next time on... Next time... On day players, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> nah, okay, we're done with Jack's. Rolling for credits. <laughs> All right, uh, rolling. Yeah. It's good. So we'll get to enjoy that later. It's not gonna be me. You're welcome, Paxton. Or stop, Paxton. Here, why, why, why don't you hum? Go. Mm-hmm.